Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome to another episode of Dr. Drew After Dark. See, I was ready for that. Uh, you can uh, check us out at drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. Send us your emails and questions and suggestions there. Also, get into the uh, <clears throat> giving us voicemail messages at 818-253-1693. Again, 818-253-1693. You can leave us your messages and your suggestions. And, of course, there's the shirt that is available at merchmethod.com slash Tom Segura. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a universal truth? I, I think I, I let me just quickly say this is Duncan Trussell. And Hello. I'll answer his question. Um, I think that's a universal. Yeah. I think amongst there are very few things that I could say that are just universally should not. But prolapsing yeah. your anus is one of those things that I can say with pretty decent confidence. Universally, you should not prolapse your anus. Not that you can't or you must not. You should not. I don't, I mean, I could, I guess. No, well, we could arrange it, but no, you probably just couldn't will your inside out pink sock. It would, you'd have to work on that. You'd have to it's work. It's like on a yoga sock. thing. I think somebody might have to work on you and then you'd work on, it's, it's bad. It's not good. Duncan. I heard a, you know, this is a, a story someone at my college would tell. What when college they went, was that? Warren Wilson College. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they do these trips to India. Sorry if I'm derailing it already. Not at all. Go. They do these trips to India, and uh, I guess somebody saw a guy prolapse his anus and wash it out in the river. Were you there? How do you know this? This is that fucking common that you're like te- because that's one <laughs> of the. Because, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> because that's one of the. That's one of the great. Um, I, I think that, it's an uh, urban myth. Because yeah, I think the, the yogis claim they can do that, and maybe they can a little bit, but who the fuck would, even if they could? Well, it's not that they it's not that they prolapse it and wash it in the river. It's like apparently there was like a lot of they prolapse it and then people can hold on to it like those foam things. So like it's so they're like a water weenie. He saved somebody. It was like drowning. He prolapsed his anus and threw it out to him and and like pulled in. Okay. Someone. I'm going to tell you one thing uh, that's as certain as you shouldn't prolapse your anus. That did not happen. Because you know what happens when it prolapses even more than a couple inches? The blood supply gets cut off and it dies and you go into septic shock. Oh. So that did not happen. Okay. But I love the story. I mean, it's I, you could that, say it didn't happen. That your colon is sticking out as far as a... What are those things called? Those water... Help me, gentlemen. They're called those, water. Those water water lapses. No, water you know those prolapses. things you put your no those water pool weenie. noodle pool, pool noodle. Yes, they're so, based on prolapses. They are. That's a, they were they were fashioned after a colon. Thank you, Duncan Trussell. Somebody prolapsed his anus and was like, "Holy shit, we should put this in a pool. This could save lives." It looks like a noodle. Yeah, <laughs> let's call it a water noodle. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. That's no. It wasn't that he saved someone. Uh, it was that it just like uncoiled or yes, something. Yes, this, this some, is. Like, but I've, I've heard it before and never seen it, so I'm guessing this is some sort of urban myth. Well, I'm guessing, but I, but I, but I don't doubt that it's possible they could do something, and people saw them do something. I went, oh my god, look what that guy's doing! I'm just saying that something is not worth your effort, even if you're a yogi. I'm what about saying. if you're saving someone? If you could, if if somebody could, there's many. Let's put it this way. What if it could kill Hitler? Let's put it this way. Let's what if you could go back in could, time and prove Hitler, Hitler. If, you could, if you could tie it around Hitler's net, I I'd go for it. It's worth it. But in terms of saving somebody from from drowning, yeah, I was a lifeguard. That was not one of the options they taught us. We had lots of good options. That was not one of them. Okay. okay. So I, I so. agree that it's probably not possible, but... Um, Duncan, tell me about your podcast. 
Okay. Family I was going to ask you one last question okay, about last pro- question. I'm afraid I'm afraid of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me. Go ahead. So you're drowning. Uh-huh. Would there be a part of you that's like, I don't know if I want to grab hold of that prolapse. Or would you do it because your survival instincts are so yeah, strong that yeah. you're like, fuck it. You, you would, if you were really drowning, you wouldn't have that, I don't want to grab that guy's colon thought. You would just grab Because people, drowning people grab at everything. Right. And we used to, we were trained actually to take off our bathing suit and hand it to them and make them grab onto that. And then we'd, we'd take them from behind and bring them in. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool, huh? Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. My yeah. podcast, thank you for asking. Uh, it's called the Duggett Trussell Family Hour Podcast. And it's been a I long inter- time since I gotta go on again. I've I yeah. am dying for you to come right, back on. Yeah. Uh, I interview brilliant people like you, and we just have sort of free form conversations that go just like this one. Yeah, well, no, this one gets a little south, but um, you did one of the. I, I'm a. I'm a. I found Jordan Peterson long before he became a political mm. lightning rod yeah. because of his maps of meaning and all those podcasts. Yes. And you did one of the best interviews with him I've heard. And thank he's you. been interviewed by a lot of important oh, people. Thank you very much. Did, I really appreciate it. Did that. you enjoy that? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And I wanted to, I was thinking, well, you know, everyone's doing like the obvious conversation with him, but he's got, there's so much other stuff going on with him. Uh, everyone has gotten like really into uh, his stance on gender pronouns right but the controversial part is specifically that you shouldn't mandate speech legislate speech yeah his thing was mandated speech leads to the gulag archipelagos right that's his thing yeah yeah and then but then since then i've gotten like so much shit for that interview from people that i really i legitimately respect who are like the they're like you don't get it this he's caught like this guy is whether or not he's like um transphobic there's he's like he's gotten pulled into a kind of like a vortex of people who are like um transphobic well and, he he his main thing is he didn't think governments should be mandating speech that's it, true it just happened the speech ended up being around gender pronouns right and I don't think he was taking issue so much with the gender pronoun issue as the... As the I don't... I, I think that's how he gets misunderstood. Yeah. And in the, fact. And he the, he's a well-trained psychologist with lots of clinical experience. And he's got opinions based on that clinical experience. And it doesn't always jive with ideologies. And so between those two things, he gets kind of demonized. And he's, he's a religious guy, too. And that doesn't read well in some circles. It pisses people off. Yeah. It, but it's like there. This, this is such a big fucking issue right now. And it's... You know, I was like... I've been following it really closely. It being what? Um, the question of technology and freedom of speech. Oh, yeah. And the like um, weird realization that we're all having, which is that people are exploiting our most people's passionate sense that we should be allowed to say whatever we want without the government getting involved. Right. And um, that's an ex- that's a thing you can exploit, and it's fucked up because like you could take that and put it through the massive megaphone uh, that the internet is, and you could essentially you can weaponize speech, you can intentionally seduce people who are 
um, teetering or confused or lonely or fucked up. I'm talking about specifically white supremacists. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a, like, I just was listening to a great NPR breakdown of like, oh yeah, it's like a organized, focused. It's a uh, cult. White supremacist. It's a cult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking cult. Oh, you, you ever talked to anybody that's gotten out of it? They'll, they'll try to kill you if you leave it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Though I've talked to people who get out of it. And and my question to the, the this guy was, I've mentioned on this podcast before, was, okay, you know, because his thing was compassion, compassion for these guys. They're sick. They're fucked up. They're full of hate. Yeah. They had horrible things happen to them. And I go, yeah, yeah. I, if I ha was charged with treating one of these guys and he was motivated to get out, he was motivated to change, I could probably find compassion to him. But at a certain point, certain things, too late. You just, they just got to be cut out like a cancer. Yeah. And certain stuff, like pedophilia once you act out on a child i'm sorry that's it you're, you're we, done we, we got to take you out we got to get you out of the you need to be removed you're too much of a cancer you're in our done system. and i feel like white supremacists are maybe that way too i don't know but you know i could feel compassion for them but I'm, i don't know that's the right thing to deal with it no yeah fuck that yeah i mean it's like we did you know the, the whole that whole thing uh, like and i'm i'm someone who really really wants to be more compassionate i think compassion is like the, the answer it's but missing yeah compassion does not mean letting things be letting people yeah. rampage through the world no, and, no, and no. intentionally hurting people no. for their photon reflectivity yeah this shit's bullshit yeah. man so it's like this is like the sick problem that we're facing on this planet right now which is like we have got to figure out a smart way to inoculate people who have low i don't know how you put it uh, 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 their fucking logic immune system is down yeah yeah they don't know how to fact check they don't know how know. to look stuff up a lot of that yeah so the, all you need is someone like that you get someone like that and you could you know it's the what is it that mark twain said uh religions what happened when the first con man met the first <laughs> fool all you need is a fucking fool all you need is someone who's a little insecure yeah. a little worried doesn't have much to be proud of and you're like well you're white you're white and then boom if someone's like really you think that's really better than other oh yeah next thing you know just you suck them in yeah. and now now you've got like a, a a problem and we have to figure it out i don't know what the answer is well let's i'm gonna i want to come in your podcast we're gonna talk about this i'm Be sorry because, because listen there, there's i've been preoccupied with this a little bit too because there's a difference between white supremacy and white supremacist and white supremacy is something that i think everybody has got to examine in their own soul yeah. And this is what most of our friends that are, don't have the same photon reflectivity are complaining about. And we don't all pay attention. To the right. Shit. And the white but, supreme pizza, <laughs> which is just white cheese. It's, that's no good. Well, now, because they ruined it. <laughs> the fucking Nazis took the swastika, one of the coolest symbols of all time from India, pre-existing the goddamn Nazis by a long time. They took the Hitler mustache. Now they're taking fucking freedom of speech. Now they're, they're shit. They shit on everything. You know, I want the swastika back. I want to be able to have a fucking Hitler mustache without people thinking I want to cause a genocide. You wouldn't look over the Hitler mustache. I wouldn't want a Hitler mustache. <laughs> They're fucking hideous. Let's be honest. That's like, let him have that. Who cares? Thank God so, he didn't have a cool mustache. So where can people find the podcast? DuncanTrussell.com. Okay, DuncanTrussell.com. And one of the things we do on this podcast is talk about how people get into comedy. Mm. So tell me about how that happened to you. Um, well... I was um, uh, at the uh, age of uh, five. Uh, I was essentially sold into slavery. No, dude, for, what the fuck? 
we're, we're, we're <laughs> answer, just tell me your story a little bit. My dad was the BTK killer, and I. No, <laughs> no, it's it was. Yeah, I, I, I basically, um, I walked in. I walked in. I walked in on my mom getting fucked by a kimono dragon. I, uh, I, um. We're not leaving anything out here, are we? No, I mean you said you want it. You want it all, but yeah, you don't. You don't get better after that. You know that fucking tongue licking, lapping at your the tail. Is comedy swat. all about being fucked up like that? Uh, well, I mean, I think that we don't want it to be that because we want, and that that's beautiful. I think because we want we don't want that to be as like I, I. You certainly don't want someone to think, oh, well, I don't have a super fucked up childhood, therefore I can't. Right. To be an artist or right, something right. so i think there that there's a a real beautiful idealistic sense of like man we don't have to like hopefully we can get to a point where people don't feel like they have to like have have gone through a lot of shit to be funny mm -hmm. but if you look at the history as you know by now of most comedians they didn't have what you would call a typical childhood and usually that you know, look at uh, Richard Pryor. Look at um, uh, God. Almost every single one of them had some I, weird I, shit. I've started to think about comedians almost like poets or some poet meets rock star kind of thing. I mean, and poets all had fucked up. <laughs> Dylan Thomas and you know these guys all had just Bukowski. Oh, that's good. These yeah. were they were not healthy people. I, I would argue the poets were back then. They got away with more. To be fair. But they were not healthy, and then rock star is same thing. They were sort of seeking something by becoming a rock star. Sometimes I just think, well, who is healthy? You will, uh, not many. Yeah. In fact, I, personally, I don't think healthy people are interesting. I mean, Jesus, you're just gonna say it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Doctor Drew, healthy people aren't interesting. Not in the way that I don't. Not saying that they aren't fine and they aren't uh good and they're not great for them for their their own personal life but in terms of us the general public wanting to watch them or look at them or hear from them not that interesting come to my clinic i'm gonna make you fucking boring you're gonna be <laughs> so healthy you will not be funny well think about drama just think about drama generally what is drama i mean what did shakespeare write about right he wrote about fucked up people doing fucked up things yes that's it yes fucked up relationships fucked up people yes that's it yeah that's what we look at that's what attracts us we we what is a real housewives of fill in the blank yeah we just our eyes go to that well it's like the reality of life is fucked up it's like i don't care how healthy you are you it doesn't matter if you were, if you fell out of your mother's perfumed vagina into scented water with dolphins and like actual living unicorns, because your parents are connected to some alternate reality, and there were, there were um, dolphins have special meaning now when I when I hear you say. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, some people get born to, in dolphin tubs and flower petals and <laughs> yeah, all this yeah. stuff, but it's like regardless of what your upbringing and your parents were so in love and. They showed you true harmony in the world. And regardless of all that, guess what? You're going to be laying in bed, choking on your own fucking puke or having some seizure. You're just going to slump over in the, in, a, in the grocery store. You know, you maybe you'll shit yourself a big blast of diarrhea. And yeah, just Christina. Fall. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is the reality of being alive is there's the certainty is old age, disease and death. Yeah. And so maybe what we call healthy sometimes is of people who are ignoring that intentionally so, and subscribing to some kind oh. of reality tunnel to everybody. Uh, yeah. And in every, which, with the case you're making is that everybody gets interesting eventually or somehow. That's right. That if you yeah. come to terms with where, where we're at here, yeah. which is a very temporary incarnation in a very turbulent universe, um, it's, it's a, a pretty fucked up place in general. By fucked up, I mean it's uncertain. It's uncertain. Insecurity should be a natural thing for people. We live in an insecure situation, which is we, you know, you hear this, this is all in the news now, unfortunately, every week, these fucks are throwing bricks off of overpasses. Yeah. And they just smash in the windshield. You know, you're driving, you're listening to fucking Beyonce, you know, thinking, oh shit, I got to pee. I wonder if I have time to get a coffee. Boom. And that's it. Yeah. Infinity. You're gone. Your fucking pulped head is splattering in the backseat all over the baby carrier. Your SUV veering into the, you know, this is a, this is the world we're in. And, um, uh, so. Well, t talk a little bit about how hallucinogens have helped you sort of open up your mind to different things. Just give you a little, a little primer on your philosophy. On that. Oh, hallucinogens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, not to be like a psychedelic nerd, you know, there's actually like some people say hallucinogen isn't necessarily the right word. It's oh, like a blanket statement. It? Well, there's various like MDMA is an empathogen. Yeah. You know, a uh, hallucinogen, I think, is like uh, Datura would be considered a hallucinogen. It's the thing where you actually have um, visual just like true visual hallucinations. Like you see someone, someone who comes in and talks to you. Mm. Scopolamine, I think, is what that's called. Sco yeah, but that's, that's scopolamine. Ex it's uh, overdose scopolamine will do that. Right. Not scopolamine normal dose. Right. Not like a dinner dose yeah. of scopolamine. No, not your standard dose. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I think that what's beautiful about psychedelics is that they can force you to confront your, your situation as it is instead of the way you wish it were or the way you've been trying to trick yourself into thinking it is. So if you're in a, a sort of rough spot in your life and you've been doing a lot of energy trying to ignore that rough spot, for some people that's like a relationship you're not supposed to be in. For some people it's a job you're not supposed to be in. For some people it's a just a, a general sense of things going awry in your life. It will f force you to confront that. For some people it's the fear of death. And so in that confrontation, we have the appearance of what a lot of people call a bad trip. And um, the better word, or the word they're using now is a challenging trip. Okay. And what it is usually, I mean, for me, it's uh, in the old days, it was a fear of death, a, a profoundly neurotic. Dread. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And, and, and a really sick obsession with my own extinction and so anytime i would have a bad trip there were skulls everywhere uh, like I, hovering over a graveyard watching a coffin go into the ground and dirt being thrown on top of it and i could go on and on with very boring accounts of things my brain spit out as it was trying to show me like look at this look at this no look stop looking away from this look at this look you're not going to be here forever that's a beautiful truth. Mm. But if you're tripping at a Grateful Dead show and your top of your friend's car is turned into skulls, it's, it's scary if no one has said, wait, well, everyone's going to turn into that. And you have a kid now. Yes, I do. Has that changed your outlook on death? 
Well, yeah, it has in the sense that, well, my, ex I mean, I've had this just bizarre experience with dying people. My mom died. My dad died. I, I volunteered at a hospice for a while. I've been around. I'm very familiar with death. Mm -hmm. I, I know what it looks like. Yeah. I, I'm um, very familiar with it. And uh, what is fascinating about finally, thank God, being around life and birth is uh, it's so it's the it's the polar opposite of death. So in, when people are dying, you have hospice. And, but when people are getting born, you've got like night nurses nannies and, nannies and <laughs> yeah. people who show up. And when people are dying, um, they just tell the truth. Like dying people really don't tiptoe around anymore. They don't mm -hmm. do the thing we all do with, throughout our day by yeah. like putting on a smile or whatever. They just tell, say it as it is. Babies fundamentally tell the truth. If there's no lying baby. They cry when they're upset and they laugh when they think you're funny. They're not bullshitting when they laugh at you. Mm. And also dying people, there's a something else, man. I don't know what it is, but when people are dying, and maybe this is where we differ, but I, I, something comes into the room. There is some other, I don't know what it is. Babies is the same thing, you know? And um, dying people, they fucking stink. Babies, they smell terrible. I'm just kidding. I love I love the way babies smell. I love the way dying people smell. Babies smell like shit all the time. No, nothing smells better than a dying person's head. You mean baby? What? You mean a baby's Both. head? Both. Right. It's a really weird thing. The next time you're around someone dying, take a deep smell of their head. And... Uh, you know, Tolstoy wrote about some, something entering the room when somebody was dying. Yeah. He wrote about that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's he, real. He saw a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the stuff that uh, I think gets left out of the conversation about death is all the weird shit surrounding death mm. and how much of that is a projection, how much of that is, yeah. you know, who knows, exhaustion, yeah. mirror neurons, yeah. you know, who knows? But uh, so being around my baby and seeing in my baby's face, my dad or my mom, oh, wow, wow. That is so beautiful to think, oh my God, there is immortality. Well, well you know what, what um, I find s confusing when people go, well, if there's no God and there's no religion, what's the meaning of life? And I'm like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Just my responsibility is to pass these genes on, get, find a good partner with excellent genes, create a next generation with excellent genetic profile that I rear as carefully as possible so they can have another generation and do my best to help them in whatever fashion I can to establish themselves. That's meaning enough for me. Right. I don't need more than that. You're saying you don't need some kind of mythological structure I, no, to support I'm, that. Uh, no, I'm passing my genes on. I'm doing a good job at it, making it effective, making it better than previous generations. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah. It's a real, it's a heavy job. It's no, it's no bullshit. Yeah. It's no, I mean, it is no bullshit. Yeah. It's real. That's the other thing too, is like when you're around a dying person, that's real. Mm -hmm. And when you're around a baby, that's real. Like it, you're, all your chips are on the table at that point. You're, you can't really like, there's no fucking around. You guys it, have like, another baby? What's that? You can do two? Yeah, I think we are. Uh, it looks like that's it. That's real parenting. No rush. By the way, my cum is on ice, <laughs> baby. Balls are on ice? Yeah, because <laughs> when I got cancer, I had to get, I had to freeze my jizz. Yes, explain this. Freezing jizz. You will, why, what kind of cancer you had? Why'd you freeze Testicular it? cancer. 
before you get your ball chopped off and the radiation, they're like, you got to freeze this jizz. You don't know. You might get irradiated and, and you're still good. The jizz? Yeah, the frozen jizz. Taste, they were like, it will taste exactly the same way. I'm like, give me a fucking break. I don't believe you. And they're like, here, that's what's so cool about um, uh, the way they do it these days is when you go in to freeze your jizz, if you're like, listen, I'm a little skeptical that it's going to have that same briny, salty, like thickness that the trussle jizz is known for. Yeah. They will like give you like a sample of various frozen oh, jizz. A sampler, a little jizz, a jizz uh, yeah. sampler. Yeah. Uh, and they, it's cubed. They, you yeah. get to melt it yourself. Oh, so there's, wow. you don't, cause like a lot in the old days before they were doing that, people thought, wait, you could have just jerked off in the back. Right. It could be anybody. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah, it's tastes identical, but they do make you freeze your jizz. Cause when you get radiation, your balls might go yeah. down. Were you confront, were you thinking about death then when you had, testicular cancer they can they're just stayed confident you figure you get through it well that's the like that's where you that's where life gets weird because you realize your fear of death was that you used to have neurotically was based on zero experience with your own mortality and more of a just kind of like blanket uneasiness whereas when this shit happens and they're like walking with you to get your brain scanned to make sure that cancer hasn't gotten in your brain and you do get the thing in the movie. I did at least. You know the thing in the movies where your hearing gets weird? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. As your whole universe has to shift into yes. like reality land. And uh and so in that place, you're like, um, you you were experiencing like the reality of your own mortality, but it's different from your fear of death. It's right. it's it's somehow more manageable. Yes. It, suddenly you're like, oh, I guess maybe I'll die. And in that case, it still sucks, but it's a little more manageable. I didn't say, okay, maybe I'll die. Like It was like fucking crazy. When you were having all the weird uh, trips around death, was that before you were diagnosed? Mm-hmm. Long before? Oh, my God, yeah. Long before. Long before. Yeah, yeah long before. After the diagnosis, all, the, all that shit kind of... I went through radiation, and then I went through the years and years and years of a new kind of hypochondria which i'm sure you're familiar with which is every time you get a fucking cold you're like well i guess the cancer's back no it's 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 what i call waiting for the next shoe to drop it's like all right what's next yeah because you it's so it's so traumatic when you break through that wall and you have a diagnosis like that it's like it can happen yeah here it comes yeah when's the next one that's it yeah yeah and you also kind of it's sort of a weird preparatory anxiety you know what I mean? You're sort of preparing yourself because, hey, it's coming. That's it. I know it can come. It's coming for yeah. all of us, man. Yeah. It's coming for all of us. And, 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 uh, but that, and it, I know that sounds like dismal to some people listening. Mm. It, it's, it's the opposite of depression. That, that to me is the, that to, depression is like, I don't know. It, it feels like connecting with your own mortality in a certain way can be very healthy. Remind me again where you grew up. Uh, I grew up all over, but I say Why? North Carolina because that's where I went to high school. Why all over? Well, um, as I mentioned before, I was sold into slavery after. Yeah, what? Blah, okay, blah, I'm blah, not going to do it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, um, my my dad moved around a bunch. I had a PTSD dad. Wonderful man, but he had PTSD from Vietnam, oh. and he was self-medicating with alcohol. Oh. And so... Was he with your mom? Yeah. 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 But he had, um, you know profound v- no. vietnam ptsd is he still around or is he gone no he's, he's gone. gone that's so yeah. sad that he had to deal with that no. well god i know man especially the way they treat it they, the vietnam vets well i mean the way they treat ptsd to this day i mean hopefully the mdma stuff 
It, it looks looking really good. good. It's looking really good. Yeah. yeah. But now they just treat the symptoms mostly. There's therapy and stuff for it, There's right? therapy, but but guys are resistant to it. The, the bottom line is they treat it much more systematically, much more seriously than back then, which was, hey, get your shit together, dude. Yeah. yeah it's like, and by the way, spit on you for even going to Vietnam. Well, just, that's, that's right. That's right. What's the matter right. with us? Yeah. I mean, well, we just have a... A, a, a real a disconnect from that world. I mean, there's so many military families and there's so many people going through it right now and they feel ashamed of even talking about it and they don't know how to deal with it. I mean, this is like the real karma of a country that's been at war for 90, what, 4% of its history is that we have this uh, plague of PTSD and that does not happen in a vacuum. I no, mean, I still think we're dealing with a civil war PTSD. I really do believe you that. You mean epigenetics? I, I, it, however you characterize it, you know, whether it's intergenerational transmission of the trauma or epigenetics, or it's just, it's with us. And we don't even realize it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, all this shit where everyone's like, toxic masculinity. I, sometimes I think it's, is, it, is that even masculinity? Or are you reporting the symptoms of PTSD? Yeah. You know, this kind of like when you see John Wayne or that idea of like, that's what a man's like, that's actually more like what someone with fucking PTSD is like, because right. they don't want to feel and they get all tough and they get all numb and they act like they don't need help and they get all fucking empty and they get pissed off and it's all because they get violent and they get violent and mm -hmm. drunk mm -hmm. and it's all, it's just a real difficult situation to be in that, and they don't want to, the, the a lot of times when you get sick, you're like, I'm sick. I don't feel good. When they get sick, they don't want to tell anybody mm -hmm. as part of it. So it's a real fucking mess. And then when you add to it this like VA that doesn't take, it doesn't take care of it, them. It, it tries, but it just can't. It, it can't, can't yeah. but it needs to. It used to be worse, I'm telling you. I, I've seen it for a while there. I thought we were going to get it like in the early 2000s. Like they were really doing a pretty good job. And then I think they just got overwhelmed. I don't know yeah. what the fuck happened, but I do know that it's bullshit. And, it's, and I have no idea. I mean, it's like... I don't, I don't know the, it's, it's, I, it is, I can tell you for sure, having sort of been around it for 30, 40 years, it's way better than it used to be. They're, yeah, but they're, I, they're really trying. I, I, I they didn't want even trying before. I am, really. I listen, mean. anyone who works at the fucking VM, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. I have no idea. I yeah. do know I had, my dad had COPD mm. and I do know I had to go through his shit. And I do know there were stacks and stacks and stacks of insane bureaucratic forms they wanted a senior citizen with COPD to fill out by himself in his fucking apartment. I know that. And I know there's a law of attrition, which is that's like insurance if it, generally, if, that's how insurances do their thing. What's that? They make it so cumbersome to get reimbursed or to get into the system that you give up. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, if you can make it that complex yeah. for a, an, an elderly vet to get care, then they're going to die. And then you don't have to give them the care. That's exactly how insurances work. Yeah, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a fucking mess. Uh, boy, this is funny. I don't want to talk about this. Well, okay, let's is talk this about you it. getting under my hood? You found it. Okay, we, you got me. You and I had dinner with Pete Holmes the other night. It was one of Damn the it. greatest fun dinner for me for a, that was a long blast. time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we got to hang out more. Yes, we do. And and Pete's a great guy. He's, he's going to come on the show soon too. Um, and did you go to his birthday party? No, he had a birthday party. Oh yeah, no, I we got the baby, man. I, I can't. I, I got the baby. I got I was this. so pissed. I was out of town. I really wanted to go. Yeah, I didn't make it. Now let's get back to our show, Doctor Drew After Dark. So let, let let's talk about comedy for a second. Okay. So I am. I think of you as like philosopher poet rather than comedic comedian. Is that a compliment? That's how I think of myself. Okay. But yet you are... I don't think of myself like that. Actually, wait, hold on. I do have never do. I think I'm okay. a philosopher. <laughs> well, I, think of you I think of you that way. But, <laughs> but you're a comedian. Thank so you. How did you get into comedy? 
Okay. You want the real story? I, I don't want to hear about slavery Okay, yet. okay. So here's what happened. It's really like my life has been chaos, and I got into comedy through chaos. I left liberal arts school. I, I had inherited $10,000 from my grandmother, and I was like, this is going to last at least two years in L.A., then <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, I could stretch this for a long time. So, sleep for three months. Oh my god, so yeah. dumb and just deeply stupid. And uh, so I, I went. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna move to Venice and uh, cheap, a cheap place like Venice, inexpensive. And you know why I wanted to move there? Why? Because I'd seen the Doors movie when I was like in high school Perfect. or something, and I'm like, Jim Morrison lived there. It must be like just you know Beyond. truly like the hippie paradise. Hmm. So I get there and I'm walking down a sidewalk in some random place and this Portuguese dude. How do you know Portuguese? Because I, I, I ended up like living next to his son. Okay. And he was like, do you, how we started talking. I'm like, yeah, I'm just looking for a place. He's like, I'm renting a place for 600 a month. Okay. And it was right by the beach. I'm oh like, this is fucking amazing. Insane. So uh, I ended up. Is the day to move in and I get there and his kid is still living in the place I was going to sleeping on a sleeping bag on the floor yeah. and his kid is like do you mind if I sleep on the floor for a couple more days Uh-oh. and I'm like not at all because oh. I just got out of liberal arts going I don't <laughs> care let's get some Carlo Rossi fucking get hammered it's awesome I got a friend and we so I'm hanging out with this this guy Portuguese son, yeah dude yeah yeah and uh he starts he ends up moving into the house right next to mine and this guy was an authentic crackhead like not like like you know people are like you're a crackhead real deal crackhead he was into crack cocaine at the time yeah and uh i can remember like just at the time what's that just at the time (laughs) i don't i've lost touch shocking but he he i remember he would stack beer cans in front of the gate and I'd come home and like knock the beer cans over and he'd leap out like, ah, right. I need the rent early this month. <laughs> I'm like, why? He's like, for power. I'm like, all right, all right, fine. <laughs> but uh, he would, I remember he took me on this, like, he was like a really sweet guy, believe it or not. Even though his friend, I remember I've, I've never smoked crack and I will never smoke crack. There's a few drugs I'll never touch. I'm never going to touch crack. Never going to touch heroin. But, um. I was watching his friends. Have you ever smoked crack? You asking me? Yeah. No. Oh, like if there's anything in nature telling you not to consume it, it's fucking crack. Yeah. It's like if you put, it's like if you took a, a diaper yeah. filled with shit, not from a baby, but from like a middle-aged person's shit and put it in a microwave. That's what crack smells like. And then and, put like methane on it. Put, put like a, a hydrocarbon on it. Plastic. Yeah, plastic. Some kind of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, plastic. You just got to mix. The, it's like that right. wonderful combination right. of burning plastic <laughs> and, and like shit. festering diarrhea. Like not just normal shit. I'm talking like you're like, oh shit, this is bad. I, I, should, I have to go to the doctor. Like this is yeah, bad. Yeah, so it's bad like diarrhea. literally just telling you this. Don't do this. Yeah, this yeah. is terrible. I think I'll inhale that. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah. And, and the. The, his, I was watching his friend. It's, I've never seen people smoke crack before. It, 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 like, his friend takes a hit. His lips got all blue. Oh, yeah. And he looks at me and goes, if I have a heart attack, call 911. Yeah. 
<laughs> so this, this like, I, this was like one of the. This you thought I got to go to comedy. What? <laughs> this is when you thought I got to go to comedy. comedy part's coming. Okay, okay. This is where okay. I'm telling you, man. Blue lips, I'm going to die. And, yep. In Buddhism, this is one of the beautiful things in Buddhism. They say no mud, no lotus. And the combination is like a flower growing out of a garbage dump. And I'll get to the comedy part. Um, he, this guy, his friend, the blue lips dude, at one point he's like, you want to go, will you help me cop a rock? And I am insecure to this day. And I fucking, because of PTSD dad, if you're an older dude who's clearly a little sick or un... You're going to help him. I want to help. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Rescue fantasy yeah, for yeah. older dudes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That had to be my... So <laughs> Couldn't have been old, the younger women? Anything. Like, <laughs> literally, like, oh, you're reminding me of my dad. Let me tell you about Ramdas. <laughs> oh. So... Did your dad like Ramdas? What? No. <laughs> oh, no. That's Not crazy. until the end. But in the end, he started listening more to it because he was dying and he and people were Didn't dying. Didn't you go with Pete to see Ramdas? Yeah. Did you do it? Do what? Go see Ramdas with Pete Holmes. Well, I do these retreats with Ramdas every year. I'm going in May. Oh, it's I, in May. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the, this guy he was like, "You ever cop a rock?" And I wanted to impress him, so I'm like, uh, "No." Instead of being like, "What's copping a rock?" I was like, "No." He's like, well, "You, you want to go cop a rock with me?" I'm like, "Sure." Like I like I knew like I knew what this was. So we drive down the street and he does a crack deal in front of me. These dudes come running out of the house screaming at him for some reason, like, get the fuck out of here. They throw crack in the car, he gives them money. We drive away. I'm I'm like realizing like if we get pulled over, I'm gonna have to tell the cops, officer, I didn't know what copping a rock meant. Right. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Right. I just, you see my dad at PTSD. <laughs> They're ready for that explanation. So yeah. So anyway, this guy um, took me on this really uh, nostalgic tour of West Hollywood. While he was smoking crack? He was not on crack at the time. I think he, it, I'm not sure what drug he was on. Right. But Val uh, Valium. Probably, probably acid. Probably acid. Because we were like, it's a long story. But like um, he, he, uh, drove by the house of blues mm. and was like that's the house of blues and he re what was really cool about it was like there was an authentic nostalgic calif southern california respect for these establishments yeah. it's really sweet oh that's where the big dogs go <laughs> the house of blues uh -huh. and then we passed the comedy store he's like yeah that's the comedy store Polly shore's mom owns that place and i i don't know i looked at the comedy store this big black building and i'm like fuck man whoa that place looks cool and then um uh, i ran out of money spent all my money on 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 drugs and synthesizers and carlo rossi <laughs> basically ran out of money and was like walking by the comedy store and i touched the building i remember touching the building and getting this real weird sense of like why don't you why don't I, i'll try to get a job in there and so i went in there and started like giving the manager like these prank call cds i had made in college thinking that's gonna get me a job there. I just started harassing him. I never do that either. I've never do that. I start every week I would bug him, Robert Davies. And finally he's like, all right, all right. It was like he gave up, he got fatigued saying no to me. He's like, you can have a job on the phones twice a week. And so I started working on the phones. Doing what? Answering Res the phone. Reservation? Reservations. Reservations. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then if you worked on the phones, you got three minutes of stage time a week. And oh, I did, did you know that? Yeah, but I didn't give a fuck. I didn't want to be a comic. Oh, you just wanted to work there. 
I just thought it'd be fun to work at a comedy yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't. I'm not saying that like secretly. I was really like, I'm, I don't think, I don't know. Uh, but I, Mitzi, I remember the first time, you know, that was the terror of the phone operators is Mitzi would call. And if she just didn't like your voice or if you accidentally dropped anything, you would get fired. If you want to uh, get a, a, a fictionalized version of that whole era, Mitzi establishing the, the laugh factor, the comedy store. Comedy uh, store. I'm dying up here was a series about that. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah. It was, and you know, that you can't cap that, you cannot capture it's impossible to capture the energy of that place. And yeah. it's, it would have been, there's no way you can capture the energy of her unless, if you want to know what she's like, go to India, go to Varanasi, <laughs> India, and sit next to a fucking cremation god. And I'm not saying it because she's like, it's a body burning. I'm saying it because some people have extra energy. And she's got it. Oh, she had it. And so, and so, um, did you watch great comics and that inspired you or did you did you take your three minutes and do something with it what happened what happened is uh comedians were just like why aren't you using your three minutes we were working at this awful job not maybe not making as much money so we could have that three minutes so i started doing the three minutes what was your first thing my first joke i mean what how did you get up there and what did you do oh, the first three minutes God. yeah so because like I'd come out of like a liberal arts school and because I was really into psychedelics and because I had like been in the company of like some really interesting people who were like just not what, what you call comedians, but really interesting people. I just tried to I tried to be a real smart up there. I just tried to be like the smartest, edgiest thing. And I did like some kind of like non sequitur <laughs> series of like just I you wouldn't even call it like poetry slam yeah poetry it was like just garbage like as garbage as garbage could be uh and then i got off stage and eleanor kerrigan who's a friend of mine now a very funny comedian waitress at the time and terrifying at the time everyone was terrified of her so another powerful figure she stops me and goes i don't know what that was but it wasn't comedy <laughs> When did you figure out how to do comedy? Uh, well, I think that's an interesting question. I, 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 to this day, don't think I've figured out how to do comedy. But um, when did you make people laugh? It, it was, um, it happened in the open mic. It happened. It just starts happening naturally. I, 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 I think I told a story. I think the first time I had a really good set, I told a story about like going into this BDSM club, and making out with these two girls. I was like, I just said what happened. And it was, and I was honest about it. See, that's was, the poetry part. Of it. That's see, I'm right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think there is a certain poetry yeah. to stand up comedy. Yes. You know? I think I think Pryor was a poet. Yeah. I, yeah. His stuff. I've said this, and I'll say it again. His stuff is as relevant this minute as it was the moment he uttered it, and it comes as poetry when you listen to the stories, particularly. Yeah. It and it's and it's because he was zero latency. You know, it's like the the thing that many of us have is latency which is there is an idea of who we think we are and then there's who we are uh, and that um, the space between who we are and who we think we are creates stammers because you're always stammers yeah because you're trying to correct to become this thing you want people to think you are or you wish you were instead of as you are right now so he's always as he was yeah, yeah. zero latency yeah, yeah he just was they they say no yeah. filters right no it's i i see it as sort of uh almost like a like a jazz musician that just just things flow out of them 
Yes. Like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And also a hard worker, mm. which is another thing people just seem to leave out of the equation is he worked his fucking ass off. It wasn't just that he was a jazz musician. And I'll tell you, jazz musicians are deceptive because mm -hmm. if you see a great jazz musician, you will think I could do that. He's yeah. just tinkering on the keys, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, it's just not like that. No. Uh, he's also a Freemason. He was? Yeah. Isn't that weird? You're going to develop a conspiracy theory around that? No conspiracy theory. You can look it up. Richard <laughs> Pryor mean, was amazing. You're not going to develop one? Hmm? Develop a Illuminati the, theory around it? About the Masons? Yeah. Like, I, and Richard Pryor. Um, there's no conspiracy. I mean, the conspiracy theory is that he probably learned some like good skills or something that helped him with yeah, whatever they taught him. Well, that's interesting. But um, yeah. So anyway, that's how it happened. I just started doing stand-up and. All right, store. sir. We're going to get some, some uh, speaking of latency, you ready to do some emails? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm a 32-year-old female who's been married six years. I've had to deal with sex addiction since a trauma I experienced in high school. I put in the work to better myself in therapy and change my behavior. I love my husband, but I haven't been satisfied with him no matter how many times we do it. We've never had a threesome because my husband doesn't think it's a great idea. Uh, hmm. I'm very into dominating sexual behavior. I'm trying to fix things without having to leave the relationship. Yeah. Uh, any insight? He's in. He's slightly into daddy little girl fetishes. Oh my god! And I'm wondering if that would be something healthy to explore. I'm not sure she has dealt with her sex addiction. Call me crazy. This is Alexandria. What do you think? Um, You're going to give it a, a, a thumbs up on a threesome. Yeah. I'm gonna do the th threesome thumbs up. Okay, but it's you the that's an interesting sort of hang up, right? Like, why doesn't he like? Well, here's here's the thing. I, I I'm reading between the lines here. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict she had a sexual trauma before the thing she experienced in high school, whether she's aware of it or not. Yeah, she has had some sex addiction tr treatment, but I can tell by the way she talks about it that the treatment has been nominal. And she's looking for higher and higher intensity and arousal, which mm. is part of sex addiction. That's what the threesome is about. But in getting that higher and higher levels of arousal, she'll start going down that path again and fuck up her relationship. Oh, See. God. Sorry. Bummer, man. Bummer, man. There you go. That sucks. Yeah, I know. So wait, you're saying because someone is at a sex addiction, that sort of like makes it so they're not allowed to have a threesome? It, I'm not saying they're not allowed to. I'm saying that I see smell trouble here. With this young lady. Say it though. Say you're not allowed to have a threesome. You, Duncan, are not allowed to no, have a threesome. No, say it to her. Oh, Alexandria, you're not allowed to have a threesome. But say it like her daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one. As a mommy, this is a mommy organization. Yeah. It's tempting to ask you a question about dicks or farts, but I'll take the high road and ask a serious question. I have dry eye disease caused by advanced mobobian gland dysfunction. Ah. I saw you post that Instagram that you had IPL. I did that for dry eye after PRK. How did IPL work for you? It worked extremely well. I'm going to try to get some more of this week, week in fact, because I'm drying out again. Um, What's no IPL? Risk. Intense pulse light. Very intense Whoa. pulse light. And they do it around the eye, and it, it loosens the glands, essentially. We don't really know how it works, but there's essentially no downside in proper hands. So uh, get IPL if, uh, if you have this. It, our dry eye is a horrible, horrible curse. It's not just dry eye during the day it's it's like oh no it sounds terrible can't you just drip um put drops in yeah it, it only lasts for a few minutes when oh really happens, so. god so let me just uh show you in my pocket is uh one kind of eye drop two kinds of eye oh drops. my god uh let's see what else i got in here uh there's only two kinds of eye oh no there's a third one in here three kinds of eye drops jesus just god to, just look to at those me, drops just to get me through the day 
But the nights are the bad part. Oh yeah. my god, it's, it's, man! It's, it's a commitment. Dude. Do you? What about those drops that make your eyes like wider? Is that bullshit? Have you seen no, that? No, yeah, the blue drops. Is that real? No, it's real. But it's we. I, I've been asking it. They're not approved in this country, and I can't figure out why not. Uh-oh. I keep asking about it. Huh? I'm not Somebody didn't pay off that. the right person. Perhaps. Not. I thought I saw some at the drugstore. I was going to buy the blue stuff. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's around now. Uh, I might be psycho. As of late, I feel like I've lost, lost respect for human life. I find myself fre- frequently thinking about ways to kill people for fun. Whoa. Oh, my God. Ways to get rid of the body. I think about... Josh, is this you? Jo- Josh, is, <laughs> is this... Uh, uh, ways to get rid of the body. I think about criminal activities a lot. I track armored cars around when I see them. What? I walk you in track residential... Ar- How do you track I, an armored... I, I, what does that I even mean? go around while follow them. I walk in residential neighborhoods at night and pay attention to human activity, empty houses, etc., I've never heard anyone or stolen anything before, but lately I feel like I'm walking on a tightrope that the slightest thing might push me out over the edge. Should I bring this up to my physician? If so, how do I do so? Yes! Yeah, I would bring it up to somebody. Uh, here's, here's the horrible part. You don't know if this is just some sort of uh, depression or unregulated aggression that he has or if he has some underlying biological problem or he's a psychopath, right? And I, you, I have no way of knowing which this is. If this is just a guy that's feeling aggressive and having horrible fantasies, doctor can help quite a bit. But if he's a psychopath, I don't know. Wait, let's just talk about it for a second longer, yeah. though, because it's like, it's interesting. Like, for one, like, the thing is, like, whoever you are, you have to get help now. Yeah, you, you have can't tiptoe around it. You have yeah. to get help yes, now. 100%. Don't fuck around. As, I, as we were saying earlier, don't wait until it's too late when we have to deal with you through the legal system and God knows what. God, yeah, don't, God help you at that point. God help us. Yeah, yeah. He Who he rode were. in to Dr. Drew after dark and and they brushed it off and now yeah. uh, it's like you gotta, yeah. you gotta get help. Also, uh, yeah. to me though, here's where these things are a little odd though. What are you saying? No, I'm just like, you're this like you're teetering on the edge of some horrific thing. Yeah, I don't. He's not saying he has a plan to do it. He's talking about fantasies about it. You're tracking armored cars. Whatever that means. Exactly. What does yeah. that fucking mean? I what does know. that even mean? Like your mind has gotten that. By the way, I, I am no judger of mental illness. My gyro goes off all the time, so I'm not judging you at all, my friend. I will tell you, I've I've been afraid of armored cars. I've been afraid of. Po- I've been so stoned. I've thought like postmen maybe are like bees. <laughs> you no just like they're like a hive they're like you know like some kind of scare like oh god like what if they have bee heads i don't know what they're doing why are they looking at me why are the does it like so i'm I'm, there's remember the data that's out lately about cannabis causing paranoid psychosis yeah i've been there i'm I'm just saying that because i don't want to seem like i'm stigmatizing mental illness as someone who's like enjoys mental illness from time to time i know how weird it can get out here but to me it is odd that like someone who's like in that spot, that hell zone, is also like, you know what? I'm going to send an email to Dr. Drew after dark. Right, which is why I assume this is just some sort of, he's in a bad, depressed place having horrible fantasies. Yeah. But you're absolutely correct. This should be taken completely seriously. He needs to talk to somebody before something horrible happens, just like if you were suicidal or anything else. And you're not your thoughts. Homicidal fantasies are, are similar to suicidal fantasies. They're not okay. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't you know, intend to do anything. But... Tell somebody before you get to that point. And you're all, you're like teetering on the brink of true wisdom. It's just like anytime you're like losing your mind a little bit, you're actually, if you get the right kind of help, it's always a, an opening experience where you realize like, here's how you actually rob armored cars. You know, like you don't follow them around. You have to get a job at Brinks. 
I'm going to leave this next one until maybe next show. I'm afraid of what you might say to it. What is it? Uh, what? You can't do that? <laughs> yes, I can. What is Let's it? Let's take a voice message. Let's take a voice message. You'll like that. We'll do a voice message. Hi, Dr. Drew. This is Elena from South Dakota. I would like to know why sometimes I go partially deaf after an orgasm. Love the show. Oh, Hope you can help me out. That happens. Thank you. People get ring. Oh, the dog at the end. I like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, people can pass out. People can get a sudden loss of hearing. That's just something that happens. People get headaches after sex. Wow. And it doesn't mean there's anything necessarily wrong. Um, sometimes when people pass out, you have to like get them evaluated from a cardiac standpoint because they can get they can have cardiac rhythm problems that are sort of coming wow. out because of the autonomic response of sex. But the hearing thing is not that big a deal. I wouldn't worry about that. Wow. Do, you, yeah. do people who lose their hearing after an orgasm have more powerful orgasms? If you want to tell yourself that, no, I don't you, lose you would, my. You would think so. You, you, I would imagine so. I don't know that's true, but I, it makes sense, right? How nuts would it be if your hearing came back during an orgasm? Like that's right. one of the ways you could see again or hear again. Josh, again, this is for you. Josh, like, it, like if you wanted to see, you had to jerk off. Like you have to like constantly be wandering yeah. through your house, having, masturbating, having orgasms. All right, let's keep another voice message. We're, we're, bo we're boring, Duncan. Another no, you're not. Message. I feel embarrassed that I said that. I'm boring you. Another voice message. Hey, Mommy Drew. It's Christian. Mommy? So a little while ago, I had <laughs> surgery on my asshole um, mm. because after church camp, it began to hurt. And it turns out I had a uh, hemorrhoid, hemorrhoid yep. and a fistula. Ooh. Uh, I ended up having multiple surgeries on it. Uh -oh. They put a seton in it. And about eh, four months ago, the seton just kind of fucking popped in my ass while I was uh, eating Christmas dinner. Uh -oh. I don't know what to do about this. I've asked my doctor, and uh, I, I never got a reply from him. Wait, what? what, um, what? I've consulted other doctors and haven't gotten replies from I mean, him either. I he's cracking his own shit up just asking us a question. Uh, I didn't quite what popped in his ass. His seton. Seton? I don't know. A seton popped in his ass. <laughs> Maybe it means the hemorrhoid? I don't know. It's some kind of, it could be anything. It sounds like a, honestly, it sounds like some kind of alien technology. Maybe that's it. It's like some, something that you, like, you would find in a pyramid. It's like it, the Sphinx would be filled with cetons. The, the Sphinx's sphincter ceton. <laughs> the asshole of the Sphinx is also filled with pop cetons. Oh my God. So um, hemorrhoids common, right? And the fistula is a little different. Did you say fissure or fistula? He said fistula. Fistulas. fistulas are associated with things like Crohn's disease. It's fistula is like a like a little comes out of the lining, like the wall of the colon or rectum. Yes. tunnels out to the surface, mm. and things like uh, uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease yes. are the things that cause that. So I'd be very very worried about that. Um, I think that's what he's talking about. Like maybe maybe it was an abscess or something that that burst. I, I don't know what a seton is. So. Um, but absolutely, uh, you know, get back. You need to see a colorectal surgeon is what you need to do. I'm so I'm certain it's took care of that fistula and the uh, and the hemorrhoids. But these are no bueno, and I'm worried you have some other inflammatory bowel disease. So let's look into this. Uh, you got one more for me? You guys seem to be locked and loaded. Hi, Dr. Drew. My name is Jonathan. My question for you is this. I've been married for about two and a half years, and my wife has recently come out to me as asexual. To my understanding... That is what is described as not having any physical desire to have sex, but still being able to enjoy sex if she would have it. I'm at a point where I've tried to work it out, but I feel like my only option is to leave the marriage. Okay, because hold there. I hold there. So 
call me old fashioned, but I was trained in a day when somebody had lack of sexual desire, that was not some sort of gender identity or some sort of sexual orientation. That was a biological problem. Mm. And it's very common from medication and birth control pills and trauma and all kinds yeah. of things that have treatments associated with them. Right. Where here's a marriage on the rocks about to be sort of dissolved because of a biological problem that has a treatment and the wife somehow has decided that this is her sexual orientation. Please don't cave to that. Get treatment. Uh, underactive sexual desire is a treatable condition and could save this marriage. What if you don't want to treat it? I, 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 the problem, I, if she was just you know, cool with it and he was cool with it, then fine. But it's, right. I, I'm worried it's the medication or some birth control pills or something that she's on that's causing this. That's the problem. She may be getting something that's causing it. And then she's decided that's her orientation. That That's just, it's just, it's just silly to me. What do you think about in that situation in a marriage, allowing your partner to go be with other people sexually? I, I don't know if she'd sign up for that. I mean, that's, I, I don't think that, that you whenever you add, whenever you dilute the primary intimacy, you end up diluting it. You end up with a, a less higher, a less intense, less quality of intimacy in the primary relationship. You mean like, yeah, I can't believe how anti three way you are. Um, I'm not anti three way in, in out in the world. But in terms of okay. try, trying to have a I'll no, still no. send you my invite. No, then. but listen. <laughs> But in terms of, I'm a two girls, not two guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like you a lot, loosen Duncan. Loosen up, I like baby. you a lot, Duncan, but not, not that way. It's loosen but, up, <laughs> man. We got to loosen you up. I know. I know that. Get those uh, eyes wet again, baby. <laughs> I got to get your eyes wet. But let me just tell you that, that it's hard. There are armies of people trying to help people have a relationship where two people are involved. Armies? Armies of, of therapists and oh, people right. like that. And you, you, the, the, we, nobody, no therapist ever goes, oh, I know the problems of this relationship. Bring in another person. Oh, it just right. makes things that much more right. difficult than possible because the relationships, the dilution of the primary intimacy, all the different emotions that develop, impossible. It to is brutal to be in that situation where you want to, you know, you want to hump. Your wife doesn't want to hump. Yeah. And you've just got to deal with the pain. You're, you're like on your phone in the bathroom looking up. God knows what blasting out you know what i'm saying <laughs> i know what you're saying let's go to some of the uh video clips oh is this shit. Some, some, i'm is, scared of this yeah one, you man. should be man you should be this is intense yeah so drew you personally requested for this one okay hold on i gotta get something to drink first sure oh wow yeah this is intense here we go i gotta make sure that oh this one i requested this yeah, you sure. I requested it. This was, uh, you know, you you asked what the piss on me, beat me, uh, thing was from, from oh. the previous episode, and and this is the origin right here uh, from I your see. mom's house episode. Well, I recognize this gentleman, this cool dude. This oh is yeah, what Tom calls a cool, cool guy. This is a pioneer of the cool guy. Club. I think Duncan may like think this guy's a cool guy too. Let's so. see. Let's see. Black guys who love to fuck and fuck good. If you're a hot black guy and you want to fuck me at twenty three ninety five. If you want to move in, you can move in, but you got to fuck me. I need, I need to be fucked a lot, man. Get free food, free rent, and everything else, man. Here's a deal, man. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I mean, he's posting this on Instagram. Do you think that's a good place to look for love? Yeah. Well, Duncan thinks so. Look, I, from 
This isn't. I mean, look, we're not rushing over to this guy's house to bang him down. You wanted somebody for the threesome. He specifically said what he's interested no, in, and true. we don't we don't you. fit yeah. that. All right, keep going. Men from jail, homeless, or um, you're a thug. You want to come move in? A friend can move to two man. Free rent. You get a lease and a key. Fuck me. Piss on me. Beat me. I'm home now. You see me? You want to come over today and try it out? Try it out, man. He's going to get his heart broken. He he looks like that guy from Dawn of the Dead, the original. Yes. He looks like, what's his name? He's in all those. Is that Ted Savini? I don't remember the guy's. You know what I'm talking about? He's like he's like the gay, I, the, the you know, biker. You know, in, you know what that, that woman described losing her hearing during an orgasm? This video made me lose my hearing. I can't hear you. <laughs> I, I'm just like. You I'm, came that hard? No, I'm just in disbelief. I'm just, I can't like. I can't deal. Why? You've I, been married, so you've never been. I mean, look, I like this is not the kind of Instagram video I post, but in like my deeply, intensely horny moments, this when might you're, be you. When you, I, I understand the feeling of being so horny that you would want to broadcast out to randos to come beat the shit out of you at your own house. <laughs> I mean, I know the feeling. <clears throat> this guy is like, you know, he's he's putting he's like putting himself in a difficult position. I'm interested in his home. I think he should show his house a little bit more if you're asking people to move in. He seems to have ribbons like there seems to be gifts laying about. Is he a ribbon on his head? I think it's a gift. He I think it's like a it's like a gift. Is he like making himself a gift to any rando that wants to yeah, beat him? Yeah, he's the present, Drew. He's the present. Is, is there any part of this video where we get to see the? Uh, I'm imagining like, like uh, bamboo, like bamboo and tiki theme around him. Yeah, somehow. I'm getting that know, feeling too. I don't know why. I think that's etched painted, a etched painted mirror in the background there. Yeah. Is yeah. there anywhere we can get some more? Uh, Duncan would like a little interior design. From this gentleman i mean we he, don't have any he seems he seems like such a cultured gentleman we want to get a little tear design well i am decorating my new podcast yeah, studio so this. i think this guy may be maybe his picture should be on the wall in your new studio i you know who knows i mean this is this could i just this could happen to any of us <laughs> at any moment you think you're that this couldn't happen to you it could happen i to think you. this couldn't happen to me hmm? if in my building try it out you want to fucking piss on me try it out Serious applied only as fuck, man. I'm looking for hardcore guys that mean it, want to do it, and I want to deliver it. I'm a hot, white trash, cum dump, let's fuck. I just don't believe he's like authentically a cum dump. You don't? He makes me sad. What? Yes. You don't get sad when you listen to that? No. That level of desperation and traumatic it doesn't uh, listen we are existing in a fascinating universe and and i think you know what i think i think that and i don't I, this sounds challenging go ahead, go ahead. we are accidentally aggressive and we don't mean to be and so the As there's humans. a there's an intense aggression in looking at this man and being like god this makes me sad like that's aggression absolutely I yeah feel like he's aggressive that's why i'm getting sad he's not laying there like dr drew with his dry eyes he'll never dump come in me He's like I, I, calling out. He's calling out for love. He, sure, he's not like the way he's calling out for love. It's not like the siren song you want to hear. But for him, this is like, you know, it's his bird call. I bet if you could hear what birds were saying, some of them are like, I want to be a cum dump. I want you to shit eggs all over my face. I want you, I want to lay in your eggs. 
I, I was hoping, <laughs> I was sort of going with you down seeing the positive in this guy's, what you call it, love song? Yeah. I, I was sort of ready to kind of go with you. You fucked that all up. This is his love language. And, and who are we to say? I mean, this guy could be happy as could be. No. We, you never know. Well, there's more. Holy Christ. No, actually, I wanted to uh, get your guys' opinion. Uh, this has been a mode of contention of uh, what exactly he's saying. Okay. Um, Here we go. Let's see, let's see if I can... Free rent, you get a lease and a key. Fuck me. Piss on me. Beat me. A home minnow. All right, that right there, what he said. What is he saying? Home, home minnow. Home minnow. Home minnow. Home minnow. Home minnow. Home so, in. so the the theory, the theory is that he's just he's he's trying to say I'm home right now, but he's just so excited. That he's he so can't high. Get it all he's out. super high, right? On something like crack or bad. no? I think he's completely sober. <laughs> he's saying home minnow is the term. Actually, it's, play it it's, again. A couple more times. Me a home minnow. Yeah. Home Beat in me a home minnow. Yeah. Beat me a home minnow. Home, home right now. Home right now. Oh home yeah. Right now. Home right now. Yeah, I think it's home right now. Fuck me. Piss on me. Beat me. Home me now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow, man. That's crazy. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> is there is there another video for us? No, we don't, we don't have to. We don't have to do it. I know you're tired. I know you're Wait, tired. No, I, no, no. I have a video. Yes, we do. Can I send a video? Please. Oh my God! Uh oh. It's like uh, this is a first, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, like, hold on. My friend just sent me this. Oh my God! My friend, my friend Brendan oh my Walsh just. Sent, oh man. You know, maybe I'm not allowed to send this. No. Come on it. now. Can I? I'll just. You know what? Can you I? I'll, I can just. Me? Yeah, I'm gonna airdrop it. I'm sorry, you guys. You just. I That's think right. this they is okay. This I hope this post. is. I hope this is okay. Uh shit. Okay, I'm gonna just do it. Um, how do I airdrop here? Here, I'll come out and help you. Okay, thanks. This is amazing. Very special. <laughs> spiritual? Uh, I think everything's spiritual. Let's see. I know that now because you just thought that that dude was spiritual. What isn't spiritual? Cum bucket dot guy. <laughs> I, I don't think he's spiritual. You think <laughs> cum buckets aren't spiritual? What's in a cum bucket? I, I can't think of anything spiritual in it. What's in it, though? A human? Well, not yet. No, the I mean you don't lay in it. Then, oh, I was saying like a literal cum bucket. It's oh. filled with cum. Oh, well, that's and what's cum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, in a bucket. Send the videos. Send okay, the videos. okay. You know, a bucket. Think of the think of what a bucket means. You know, it has to for a bucket to contain. It has to be empty to contain cum. Yes, and and so in the same way, if we get rid of ourselves, then we could contain the cum of the universe. Oh, I see. So if we're a cum bucket, we can be containing the wisdom of the universe. Yeah, like we have to Duncan, like Duncan. Duncan, you present that to Ramdas when you head over there in May, and you see what he says. Ramdas? Yes. He, I, this, I think you all have. This is a we. We live in a time period Did where you people. Send it? Where, no, people are very puritanical these days. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not saying. Oh, here, I'm airdropping it. I'm not saying that guy is uh, necessarily, you know, teetering on the brink of enlightenment or anything <laughs> like that. But I'm just, uh -oh. you know. Uh oh, what's this? I hope this is okay. Honest to God, I, is this live? Right? Are we live? No, we're no. not. We're no. not live. Let we'll, me just we'll make sure. Okay. Here we go. We'll cut it out if we can't show. All right. Still driving to get my cock sucked, only a few minutes up the road. He used to clean our house and I used to uh, suck him off, go into the bathroom, close the door and suck him off while my wife Liz was in the other room. 
my cock is hard now at the thought. It's also hard but uh, telling you this. I just adore naked men. I adore being naked with a man. Fuck the wife. She's a cunt. I really love sex with men. I've had hundreds of men. I've had more men than women. And I love it. I'm proud of it. I have sold my body for sex for men, for blowing and swallowing their cum, and to be fucked by men. So, and I've kept the notes, and I took photos of them, so I've been a prostitute, and uh, I do, I love it. I have sucked probably thousands of men, and I've been fucked by tens of, well, just hundreds upon hundreds of men. Yeah, I love it. I just adore it. Almost at Peter's place. Gonna suck his cock. Try and get some video of uh, me sucking his cock and him sucking me. Bye for now. Yeah, bye. <laughs> um, well, this is one of Tom's many cool dudes. We're definitely showing this on your mom's house. Oh, yeah. I, He's I, probably I, driving to that guy's house we just watched. But he could be. He could be. And he'd be a good match for him. Kind of. Well... Kind of. He wanted a gangbang. Where did you get this from? My friend Brendan Walsh sent it to me, so just let me get permit. I don't know what this necess- where it I came from. I mean, this from. file name looks like it came straight out of someone's phone. Yeah, so I don't know. The, that's why I have to figure out. I don't know okay. the origination point of this. But so let, let me just, just say, I'm so proud we get to send stuff to your mom's house. We've originated, we've created original material now on Doctor After Dark for yeah. your mom's house. And that... Um, that's a first, Duncan. Thank I, you for that. I will find out where that came from. Just do me a favor. Please don't, like, just because I don't know for sure. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. No, for sure, for sure. And if you do use it, will you credit Brendan Walsh, please? Yep. Now, see, maybe now, now, is that spiritual? What? This dude? Everything is spiritual. Okay, okay, okay. So I thought you'd say that. So, again, when I see this guy, I get a little sad. I get a sad because... Why did this guy have to get married and drag a woman into this? Just be gay. Mm-hmm. Be, be happy and be delighted as you are being gay. Just go ahead. It's sad that he had to bring a woman into this, isn't it? I think that there is... Or is a pretend that he's sad. It's just, I don't know. Unless she's signed off on it and does her own thing. I don't know. Well, the reality is that every rotten place I've ever been in yes. leads to something better. Mud, mud lotus no mud no lotus no and, mud no yeah. lotus and, and like, so is he the mud or the lotus he's both he's the mud and the lotus <laughs> he's the cum and the bucket baby he's both this is that we got to let go of our judgments and just let people be as they are the universe is perfect is it great he's fucking cheating on his wife no, and he's like sucking and blowing and he's great obsessive that it's, it's great that he's doing all this stuff with men good on him but the cheating on the wife part he needs to be honest but what you know the the reality is we have to just let the universe do what it does and sometimes we get cool dudes <laughs> I guess my problem is as a clinician, I see this stuff and I see how there could be, things could be better. Well, I, but they're not. I know. They yeah, are. So I get sad when people hurt each other. We have so, to be, the first step is that we have to find the compassion for these cum buckets. And then after that, we will like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, my, my feeling with people like this is like, are they as happy as they could be? No. Are they harvesting potentially really rotten karma absolutely does it make me sad not at all not in the slightest at not all not the slightest no way so is it weird that i get sad when i see that no 
I think it's fine if, if you're legitimately getting sad. If like you really feel that's yeah. beautiful. There's yeah. a sense there that there's a feeling underneath that though that you should go into, which is desire. Desire. <laughs> so I want to be with that guy, or with the threesome that you're setting up for me. The reality is, underneath it all, is just you know, on one level, have you ever heard role versus soul that term? No. So I, I would argue more likely than desire, it's more like fear of death is more like likely. For you. Yeah, more likely to be under, un, in terms of base feelings. I think it's more that. Can I tell you something terrifying? Yeah. They say in the Bardo, you see the things you're afraid of. You see the things you're when afraid of. When you die, of. you're going to like see this guy. I'm not afraid of him. He saddens me. He saddens me? I was a f- little bit afraid of the other guy. I'm not. The by other the guy scared me. I'm, I don't. I don't mean to seem callous. I think compassion is really good. Yeah. But usually, like compassion as it is, is interesting in that it's like finding a place to be cool with you as you are, and then if you can pull that off, sometimes you can actually be compassionate enough that when you see a person who's demonstrating what you would call irresponsible or potentially like uh, damaging behavior that could lead down a slippery slope of come just a slippery slope of come all the way down and but you 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 if you can find a way to inst- look at look at that and maybe allow the sadness but then also allow for this kind of spaciousness to let that being express himself as he is right there you never know what can happen when you're around these people and and in, in that moment you just don't know that's the end because if they sense you're sad they're gonna get hard as a fucking rock you're scaring me now. Think of that guy feeling like Dr. Drew all sad. He's like, oh, yeah, you're sad, you're sad. Because it gives you a thing to fight against. Now you have a thing to push back against, and that pushing back for some people is a fetish. Oh, I get that. Yeah, so the moment you drop all the sad stuff or the sort of like identity level stuff, you're like, fine. You want to fucking, you want to oh, jerk Oh, I'm fine. Him. I'm fine. And I'm sad. Uh, and we're going to wrap this thing up, my friend. Uh, we'd love to continue this conversation at the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Please. Yes, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much for yeah. letting me be this on your awesome been, show. This has been exceptional. Thank you. Uh, and uh, in the back room, have any comments? I mean, it's, I feel like you guys have been part of the... Uh, Not just great job, boys. This is a great show. Oh, thank you. Yes. All right. So uh, where can people find you again? DuncanTrussell.com. That's where everything's there. At Duncan Trussell on Twitter. Okay. Follow Duncan. Uh, if you don't love him after listening to this, then go listen to the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. You will. And um, you'll understand why I like this guy so much. And watch our drunk history. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. Please do. Watch that. Really? That was awesome. You did such a good job. I didn't do anything. You told the story. And I was so upset that they didn't use the part where you said, what if they took you and put a jello over your head and you were making fart sounds into the jello? I was like, we have to make a I visual. I don't remember out of that. that. You were blacked out. But you know, you, I'm, you did do something. You brought. You brought. You're really an amazing. Like being like a, a straight man, so to speak. You know what I mean? And comedy is such a valuable. You really. You like bring good things out of people. It's a real talent. Fair enough. We'll leave it at that. Thank y'all for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. 
please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.